Hey Google, I think it's time to start the podcast. Shall I play the introduction? Sure, if you don't mind. Sure, no problem. Beginning intro now. Welcome back to Four in the Morning Recording. I'm your host, Quinn Herman. And today with me, I've got a special guest, my good buddy, Joseph Esparza. Joseph, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing now that you're here. Been, Thank uh, you. been waiting all week for this podcast. Had this, had these nice, juicy questions ready oh, for you. Oh, yes. Him. I'm ready. I'm ready. So, uh, you ready? Just, uh, just wanted to check up on you real quick. How, how is everything doing? I, uh, how's Toyota? You just got your job back recently. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, I did. It's it's going pretty good. Like, um, Monday was, like, my first day, and oh, my God. Like, when I was pulling into that place, I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, this is actually happening. And I walked in, and I was just like, like, I felt like I had, like, more, like a, like, I felt like an idiot walking in there. Uh-huh. But, like, I felt like, because, like, I felt like I had, like, more of, like, like, yeah, that's right. Your boy's back. Your boy's back. Your boy's back. <laughs> and it's just like. And then, like, yeah, it, it all went pretty well. Did you miss it? Oh, like, yes. You're definitely. like, I'm so glad to be back. Yes. Like, as soon as, like, I started doing oil changes, because I had to do oil changes that day, I was like, bro. <laughs> I was like, this is nice. Was it as busy as you remember it, or is it slowed down? Um, It's kind of, like, slowed down a bit. But, like, when I come back from lunches every now and then, it's, like, it's kind of busy. But, like. It's not like super busy. It's all. probably not as bad as like the Ford house or something like that. Probably not. Yeah. Or like because I feel like people drive Fords a lot more than a fucking Japanese car. Well, a lot of the company trucks are Fords. So Yeah. Yeah. That's I think true. that's the main reason. Mm-hmm. It's either like Fords or like Chevys or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they also have more bays and bigger warehouse and stuff like that yeah true 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 fair enough so for anybody that knows you knows that you're no stranger to beatles or music for that matter yes sir so my first question i have to ask you is do you believe you'd be the same person if the beatles had never existed no i don't think i would be how different do you think you'd be I think I would be very, like, this is going to sound, like, very fucking, like, stupid, but, like, I think I'm going to, I would be very lost in a sense. You don't think that you would attach to a similar artist and just kind of have it as a replacement? Or is there just a lot of, you take a lot of inspiration from the Beatles and you've kind of shaped your life around that style? Well, it's not that, like, you know, like, I shaped my life around it. But, like, when I started listening to the Beatles, I was, like, in second grade. And, like, it was, like, kind of, like, one of the, like, at the time, like, I didn't really think about, like, the music. I just thought, like, you know, like, wow, like, uh, the songs are catchy. And that was pretty much it. I was, like, the songs are catchy and I like how the beat is. But, like, when I was in high school, 
like when I because I stopped listening to them and when I was like in fourth grade and I uh, moved towards listening to them my starting my sophomore year in high school and then like at the time like in like my sophomore year like I wasn't doing very good like in a mental state mm-hmm. and like an emotional state I wasn't doing very good I was very unhappy and like that group like helped me like kind of like realize that like you know like there is sadness in the world but like it's like what you do with that sadness like you could be sad and like stay sad and you'll forever be trapped or you could turn in that sadness into love and spread it and then like make an impact on people and then like make them happy and then it will make you happy and stuff like that like in a sense like kind of like karma Mm-hmm. But it just, like, made me, like, feel like, like, you know, like, everything is going to be okay in the long run and stuff like that. And it's okay to be sad and it's okay to be mad, happy, or angry. It's, you just got to, like, let it happen. And then, like, So, so it was a pretty big do. part of your life. Yeah. I would say, like, it, like, impacted me, like, in a, in positive, a positive way. way. In a very good positive way, yeah. So, on that note, do you think music is a bigger influence in our lives than uh, most might realize? I think so, yeah. Because, like, because, like, in a sense, it's the kind of, like, music that you listen to that makes you the person who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got, like, um, like, you got, like, 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 uh, like emotional teenagers now will, like, listen to, like, X or, like, Lil Peep or, like, Juice World and, like, like all the, like, like the sad sad boy rappers, as they would, uh, as I would call them. And, like, right. in a sense, like, like, yeah, like, like, every teenager throughout the eras have listened to certain things. Like, when I was a teenager, people would listen to My Chemical Romance, 21 Pilots, <laughs> Like, you know, One Lincoln Republic, Linkin Park, like, Three uh, three Days Grace, fucking, mm-hmm. like, shit like that. Because, like, and, like, me personally, I also listen to My Chemical Romance. And it was kind of like, you know, like, you know, like, this is something that I can understand. And this is something that I can relate to. And, like, I think the music that we listen to then and the music that we listen to now shape the person who we were and who we are stuff like that and I, th- like, I think it's interesting that you latched onto the beatles though because i i have trouble finding people in our age group that listen to older music mm-hmm. i think i think every teenager or people like our age like our generation can all relate to like listening to like like, I'm just going to say, like, the hits of, like, the 80s and, like, the 90s and stuff like that. Because, like, you know, it's popular. And I can hop onto that train. Because I'm, like, uh, because, like, you know, everyone knows, like, Another One Bites the Dust. Or, like, something like that. Like, some, like, catchy song. But, like, if another song, it could be, like, the same artist. And you would have no idea. But do you like, think it's because the, the impl- um I'm sorry. I, I've I've lost the word. Uh, the inclusion of it in movies and such, you know. Oh yeah, Blitzkrieg definitely. Pop, um, 
um, and in trailers as well. It seems like. Yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, I, I watch uh, Baby Driver or watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And it gets people hooked onto these older songs that they might have never listened to. Yeah, I I can I can hop on that train. I I believe that. I believe um that movies in a sense like help like because like if you see the movie and you like the movie and then you're just like wow the soundtrack and the movie is really good and then you look into the soundtrack and the soundtrack leads you into like looking into the artist maybe the album that that song is on and then maybe that you like that album so then you have an album and you could say that you like this album by this group that was like in the 80s or like 70s or whatever depending on the movie but I believe I believe that yeah, the movies are a great influence on that. And so that. by so by having this like positive um, reinforcement of remembrance of having a good time at the movies and having that associated with the song, it kind of helps the mm-hmm. lifespan and expand uh, people's awareness of older music. You'd say, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, like um, what's which one? I'm very happy for. Like, like for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, for example, like, come and get your love. If you play that now, a lot of people will understand it. Not only because of Guardians of the Galaxy, but now because of TikTok or Instagram or stuff like that. Because the song has, in, in a sense, become like a meme. Mm-hmm. In a sense. Just because of, like, two lines in the movie. But everyone will know that song. <laughs> but in a, their own way. Like, you know? People either related to like, oh, it's that one meme, or like, hey, like, hey, that's from that one movie. Just or hey, like, I remember listening to that song like when I was like young. Like my mom would play it all the time, or like whatever. And it's just those little things like that. That like you know, it just like depends. I'm glad that you mentioned social media because that kind of helps me segue into my next question, which is, if music is so influential on a person's mood. Do you think that the media pushes a certain genre of music in order to get uh, more views or more revenue towards a product? I think how social media works is that, like, you know, like, for music, even, is that, like, um, because you know, like, how uh, Facebook owns uh, Instagram, right? Yeah. Well, you can also link your Facebook to your Spotify, and so, like, whatever music you listen to on Spotify, the ads that you get, in, in a sense, like, this is, like, kind of, like, my, uh, like a thing that I believe. That, like, you know, since you, like, looked up and you listened to it, you're going to see, like, more ad revenue for that and stuff like that. Like, like, like oh, like, since you, like, like, Joji, for example, like, it'll let you know on Instagram, just, like, an ad, just, like, here's a Joji album coming out. Or, like, if you're, like, a hard rock fan, like, you know, there's, like, a fucking, like, I don't know any hard rock bands, but, like, <laughs> here's a fucking, um, like, I know Tool came out with an album, like, last August. Like, here's the new Tool album and stuff like that. Like, you know, I think it just, like, depends on, like, what you like to listen to. And I think that's how, like, they kind of, like, nudge that way. But also, I believe that, like, you know, they do it to, like, the most popular people, too. Like, you'll see, like, um, something about, like, Travis Scott or, like, fucking Drake or something like that. And, you know, there will just be, like, 
just little things. Well, and I don't mean uh, just physical products. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you could argue that the app itself is considered a product. The more views it gets, you know, mm-hmm. more followers, more attention. And so it seems like they're making these deals with these artists, it seems like, that are relevant, you know, and it explodes and they get likes on their songs and they get downloads on other platforms and it seems to be this circle. Mm-hmm. But um, you were, you were talking about um, earlier how they like to show most relevant music, but also, do you ever notice how they do nostalgic music for some things? Did you ever see the uh, Crash Bandicoot 4 trailer, the first one? No. They were playing, um, if you remember the song, Funk Soul Brother in the background. Funk Soul Brother. I don't think I know what that song is. I think if you listen to it, you would... <laughs> You would you'd be like oh I've I've heard of that before I probably would have I think they're trying to associate um, like the original Crash games with music probably around what they were listening to in that era mm-hmm. so definitely uh, influer influencers have acknowledged that music can play a, a huge role in product placement. Uh, back to back to the Beatles. Do you recall your first time hearing the Beatles? Yes. Uh, can you explain it? Um. Well. So my grandma, me and my brothers and my grandmas, or my grandma would uh, have this uh, like um, like a weekend, like um, every other weekend on a Friday. My grandma would pick us up, and we'd eat out together, and then we'd go to her house, and we'd spend the night. And in the next morning, she'd make us breakfast. We'd be there till like, 3, and then she'll take us home. Well, on uh, the morning, I remember my grandma was listening to I Want to Hold Your Hand by the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just remember hearing, like, um, the melody. And, like, I was just like, wow. I was like, that's crazy. I was like, that's nice. And I was talking to my grandma about it. She was like, you like that? And I was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, maybe, like, eight or nine. Do you remember what you were listening to before that? Before that? No, I think it was, like, when I just woke up. That was the first thing I heard. And then, like, after that, it was, like, she loves you. And I was just, like, okay. Like, I have to listen to the entire thing that she's listening to right now. And I stayed up listening to all of it. And then, like, I listened to, like, my first ever, like, favorite Beatles song. And it was, like, amazing. Such a nice song to listen to. It was a pretty sad song to listen to at the age of eight. But, like, it was a pretty good song. Looking back on it, I'm just like, wow. Is it is it kind of hard to explain the emotion you felt, you know, first listening to it or how you feel when the Beatles come on coincidentally? So when the first time I listened to the Beatles, it was like, wow. Like, this is like, 
the most creative, joyful music I've ever heard in my life and stuff like that. And then, like, when I listen to them now, first of all, like, there's, like, to me, in my opinion, there's, like, no Beatles song that is bad. There's no bad Beatles song. So there's more songs that are more better than others, but there's no bad one. Like, you know, like, oh, like, that's the worst Beatles song. Mm-hmm. To me, like, every Beatles song is, like, pure, like, perfection. And I love every single one of them. And, like, every time, like, when I listen to one, or, like, when it would just come on, depending on the song, I'm just, like, yes. Like, this is the fucking vibe. Or just, just like, wow, what a beautiful song. And it's either you, those two. You you saying that, um, you, you don't think there's any bad uh, Beatles songs. Could you possibly uh, recommend for anybody who's listening that would like to listen to the Beatles' top three song picks? Not in any particular order, but just three really good songs. In my opinion? Mm-hmm. Well, um, um, for a good, like, song to, like, let things go, in a sense, um, I would recommend you listen to Let It Be. It is such a really great song. And, like, you really got to, like, listen to the lyrics and, like, let the music like flow through and stuff like that or else like you know you won't get like the best experience and like the message of the song of like letting things be and stuff like that and it's just like really great it really would help me a lot like when i was feeling down it would just be like wow and just like wow just like that really helps out a lot so lyrically they they have a lot to offer Mm-hmm. Very, very nice and a good message. Mm-hmm. And I would say the same thing about Hey Jude. Hey Jude is like, it's like one of like, like, oh, like every, everybody knows Hey Jude. But so it's like, Hey Jude's like also like a really good message of like mm-hmm. making sad things better in a sense of like, you know, not letting the sad moments get to you, but like you're just like taking it in and then making it better and improving yourself and don't letting it bring you down. Like you can, it basically makes you feel like you can take on the world if you wanted to. I agree with that. I, I, I am a fan of Hey Jude. And then another one, and this one in a sense can be either romantic or like a, uh, or like a, just like a beautiful song to listen to at night, if you're ever like stargazing or whatever, listen to Sun King because of like how like slow the song is and like with the guitar and the bass and the lyrics and just like how smooth it all flows together and you could like feel at peace. And while you're listening to that song. And like. Oh, it's just fucking great. <laughs> it's just really good. It's a really good song. 
So if anybody out there uh, hasn't gotten into the Beatles yet, now would be a great time. Yes. Just pause this episode and go listen to those three. Go listen to those three songs in any specific order. It depends on your mood. But I recommend those three songs. An album I would recommend that you listen to by the Beatles, Abbey Road. Abbey Road is the last Beatle album ever recorded. And it is a fucking masterpiece. Like, perfect. Like, I wouldn't want any ending of the Beatles to be anything but that. It is just absolutely perfection, especially the second half. The second half is the fucking best. So I chose a good album to include on your cover right then. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I fucking approve 100%. Even if fucking, like, the Beatles don't, I'm just going to be like, I agree, though. (laughs) Do you think that um, your... Music choices today are heavily influenced by you listening to the Beatles for so long. Like, do you ever listen to other bands and kind of get a connection? And you're like, yeah, I probably listen to this because I listen to the Beatles. Um, or are you just are you just mix it up a lot? But Beatles is your main go to. Yeah. The Beatles is, like, my main go-to, but, like, depending who I'm with and, like, what I do, I'll, sometimes I won't play the Beatles, and sometimes I'll be all I play, but it depends on who I'm with. Sometimes I just like to read the room and stuff like that, mm-hmm. just, like, you know, like, or like, sometimes if I just, like, I, but, like, yeah, the Beatles is my go-to, but to answer your question... I would say not really, no. Because, like, I do like to mix things up a little. Like, you look at my personal playlist on Spotify, and there's, like, fucking everything on there. Like, like a bunch of weird shit, a bunch of, like, odd shit, a bunch of, like, okay, like, I would see that, like, on a kid's playlist. <laughs> and just, like, oh, there's some Beatles. So yep. it'd be it'd be pretty hard to judge you if somebody's never met you and I just handed them your Spotify playlist. Yeah, like I think like they would listen to my playlist and be like, "Wow, this fucking kid's weird." And it's just like, "No, this kid has fucking ADHD and like literally like listens to fucking anything." Anyone that like will say like, "Oh, my favorite song is this," and I'll be like, "Oh, okay," and I'll look it up and I'll fucking listen to it. And if I like it, I'll add it to my playlist. So, and if I don't, I mean, I'll be like, eh, it was all right. I mean, not just towards you, but like looking at anybody's playlist, it'd be pretty impossible to determine what kind of person they are, I guess. Yeah, it would honestly. I think like the like the majority or like the main artist on that playlist would be like, yeah, this is the kind of person that they are. But like you can't tell, like, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover. Right, you got music that they listen to when they need to vent. They got they got chill yeah. music. They got hype music. They got party music. Yeah, well, like I, I've made it to where like I have two separate playlists. I have like my everything playlist where I just make everything, and then I have like a sad boy playlist that I'll play like when I'm sad, <laughs> and that like that's it. Like that's all I got. But like you don't my have every- any venting music, no. Something you can like scream at or stomp your feet with. 
No, because I, I, me personally, I really don't like to get mad a lot. Like, I really try to keep it, like, closed. And, like, when I do, like, appear to be mad, like, like when, like, like when I'm, like, picking on Franklin or, like, <laughs> or, like, uh, or, like, when me and Jalen are going at it on, like, on a debate, like, I'm not actually mad. I'm just like kind of just like kind of like you're giving off that energy. Yeah, I'm just like like dude, like like dude, you're a fucking idiot. Like what the fuck are you talking about? Like like you're I'm just, wrong, dude. You're wrong. Yeah, like like dude, like you're fucking stupid. Why the fuck would you say that? And just like some shit like that. Just aggressively, but like not yeah, angrily. yeah, but yeah, but I'm never. I never try to get mad. Like I don't like holding grudges and shit like that. No matter how big it is, like I like I will try not. I'll try my best not to fucking get mad at you. And like, but like I don't really vent. Like fucking, yeah, I don't really vent. Well, I'm guilty of it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you vent a lot. Uh, I have a vent playlist. It's a lot of like Five Finger Death Punch. Oh. And... Okay. Just headbanging stuff that I wouldn't play in a crowd. Yeah, know? it's just like for rage only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I was listening to it today. Uh, I was having truck problems and I was just getting frustrated. I was just like, I was just like, I need to listen to a vent playlist and then cool off. Mm-hmm. But back to the back to the Beatles discussion. Do you uh, do you feel? any musicians have been inspired by the Beatles some way? Like, do you see their music and other people's music? Um, or vice versa? Do you think the Beatles have been inspired by any particular groups or person? Oh, I know. I know who the Beatles have been inspired by. I know um, John and Paul really looked up to Elvis and stuff like that because he was like the, he was the guy. He was like everyone loved Elvis at the time. Like you know, this <laughs> like Elvis was the fucking face of rock and roll and stuff. And then like they were also inspired by like Chuck Berry, Bobby Holly. Like they were inspired by like a lot of people, and I think a lot of people were inspired by the Beatles. But like, like um, me, I'm inspired by the Beatles. Like I would love to do like. Like, if I were given the chance, I would totally love to, like, make music. And I would make it, like, how they made it. Because, like, I loved, like, the message that they sent. Because, like, the Beatles were the number one band in the world. Elvis was the number one, like, in, like, the UK and, like, America. But the Beatles had it worldwide. Mm-hmm. There was nowhere that the Beatles could go that no one loved them, and that was that's what made them unique. Is that they took like their influence on the world because that's what they had, and instead of like projecting like hate or like whatever, they projected love, and that me need to be spreading love and like finding love and like just writing anything about love and to begin with. And, like, I love that, like, message that they just wanted to spread it. Because they literally could have told 
like saying about like you know like anything like you know about hatred about like greediness and stuff like that but like they didn't they like their main focus was just like spreading love and like being with friends and family and everything like that i'm glad i'm glad i could ask you about the beatles you know because i haven't done much research on it so i'm glad to be learning a lot about them Mm-hmm. I find it very fascinating. Dude, I got like the whole entire backstory like in the back of my head. <laughs> so, like trust me. Like I fucking know everything. The origin story. Yeah, the origin story, the ending, the downfall and everything. Yeah. It's a sad story and I would love to see it as a biopic. Do you think uh any um documentaries or movie movie adorate I can't talk tonight, I'm sorry. Any um, any movies have reflected it to an acceptable point? Like, is there a documentary out there that you would recommend that, like, gets a lot of the facts right and seems to portray it a lot better than most? Um, so this one's actually on Hulu. And if you have a Spotify premium account, you get Hulu for free. So... Um, there is this documentary that came out like two years ago and it's about the Beatles during their touring years. So like the first like half of their like career that you get to dive in and like see what it was like for the Beatles to like blow up and then like tour like across the world and then like how they like grew like tired of it and then like they just eventually just stopped. And it's really good, and, like, there's some really good moments in it. You get to, like, see, like, and, and like, it has, like, Paul and Ringo in it, which are the last two remaining Beatles. You get to see them, and they talk to you about, like, how they loved it and, like, how, like, eventually, like, you know, it just got too crazy for them, mm-hmm. and they couldn't do it. And, like, they still got, like, uh, recordings of, like, George and John and, like, them talking about it when they were alive. And one thing I would say about that fucking documentary is that it is really sad to see me as a Beatle fan that you get to hear John when he was, like, all young and, like, you know, he's alive at the time. This was, like, in the 80s, 70s. Like, he never made it to the 90s. Or, like, the 2000s. Like, um, he died when he was, like, I think 40. And then oh, George wow. also died, like, in 2003. And he died of, like, lung cancer. But he, but George lived, like, he was, pretty, he was, like, at a pretty decent age. He was pretty old. I would say, like, maybe, like, 60s. And then he got, like, Ringo and Paul, who are, like, in their, like, 70s now. So that means George probably was 60 then. But, like, it was just, it's, like, kind of, like, sad to, like, see that, like, you know, like, they're not all sitting together in their old age talking about it. They're all in different eras and different times. And it's really emotional to see. Hmm. Quite sad, but, but also uh, interesting at the same time, you'd say? Yeah, I would say it's very interesting definitely worth a watch yes i i I loved it like my grandma gave it to me 
Like she bought me like the Blu-ray and everything. You said like that's how new it is. It came out on Blu-ray, but like <laughs> um, she gave it to me like on my seventeenth or eighteenth birthday, and I lost it. It's like holy shit, and I stayed up like all night watching it. I like watched it like three times. And I was like, dude, this shit's so good. And I was like, I love this. But that documentary is called, uh, it's called Eight Days a Week, The Touring Years. Or you could just and look up on... the Beatles on Hulu and then it'll pop up. It'll be like okay. the first one. Now, uh, throughout this episode, you mentioned how the Beatles were uh, a big influence on your life positively. Uh, do you think that somebody who listens to maybe an artist who depicts uh, sad music, they could be influenced in a negative way, just as you were influenced positively by the Beatles? Um, I want I want to say yes and no to that question because it honestly just depends on that person because. You can be sad and like, you know, like that music can help you like, like, hey, this guy, like, say, like, like let's take Post Malone, for example. Mm-hmm. Post Malone is a great guy. You see him like in like public and like interviews and he's like all joyful and upbeat and stuff like that. But he's real. Like you can relate to this guy. And stuff like that. And, like, with his music, some of his music's happy, some of his music is hype, and some of his music is really, really sad to listen to. Like, um, I Fall Apart. That's a really sad song. Sad But Rich. Better Now. Stay. Like, you know, like, there's a lot of sad songs that Post Malone has written. And, like, it can help you, like, through that and, like, help you get, like, all that like bundled up sadness out out of you and like it'll make you cry or make you like like you know like like how you say like like it'll make you scream out of sadness mm-hmm. and stuff like that come come to grips with your situation in yeah. life yeah but um but then like for some people like it's like some sadnesses are bigger than other sadnesses and some people like struggle with a lot more and like it can potentially make it worse or it can make it better. And how they cope with things and how easily influenced they are by outside forces. Yeah. It really mainly depends on how you really are in the inside. It doesn't depend on, you know, Oh, this is going to help me through it. This is going to help me through it. It's like the same thing. Like with, like with like drug addicts, like drug addicts and alcoholics in a sense i mean i'm just speaking like you know like as myself like this is how i see it but i could be completely wrong but i see people who have like a drinking problem or like a drug problem is that like something happened and like they always turn to that as their coping mechanism mechan mech coping thing and they just and that's just how they do it that's just how they cope and like because like no one was there to like kind of like like influence them to be like hey man you shouldn't fucking do that you shouldn't 
resort to drugs for your problems. Right. Because they, then because then it'll become a like not like a fixation, but like the next time when bad things happen, you're gonna wanna resort to doing drugs or drinking again. Right. And then if it keeps happening, you're gonna get getting deeper in the hole. It's basically like you're filling up a hole that you think that will help you with, but it won't. It's actually making the hole deeper. So you're filling it with acid, and the acid's eating away at the hole, but you don't realize it. Exactly. And you think it's going to fix everything. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, but it doesn't. Like It just like kind of like fucking makes it worse. So, so here's a scenario. Uh, let's say there's an alternate you in another dimension or whatever that instead of the uh, the playlist you have now, right, mm-hmm. it flip-flops. So this you listens to the sad playlist uh, as much as you listen to the Beatles. Mm-hmm. How much of a different person do you think? I mean, do you think that emotionally uh, you would be drained if that's all that you listen to as much as you listen to the Beatles? Well... Since the Beatles have been such an influence. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I'm going to put it to you like this. Um, so, like, after me and my ex-girlfriend broke up, like, years ago, um, I was sad and I was depressed. I didn't want to admit it and I didn't want to tell anybody. But looking back on it, I was. And there were times where, like, I would, like, listen to my Sad Boy playlist, like, a lot. And I really did listen to it a lot. And then I would have those sleepless nights. And then, like, I would, like, look at myself in the mirror and I'm just like, dude, this is the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen ever. I was like, I'm just like, I'm looking at myself and I do not like what I see. I hate everything about it. I hate everything about myself. I would go on walks. Like, I would walk from my house, like, to Walmart and back. Or, like, I would just aimlessly walk. I would be smoking, like, cigarettes after cigarettes after cigarettes after cigarettes until, like, eventually I grew, like, a nicotine addiction and, like, I needed it. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. This is, like, like, I needed that. And, like, and like every now and then, like, I still have my struggles with, like, my nicotine addiction. Like, I just have the urge to, like, like smoke something. But, um, but like seeing like how the person I was then, and then like if I could travel to that alternate universe, I would, I would definitely like try to talk to myself. Like, I wouldn't say, like, hey, listen to the Beatles, but I would like more focus on like talking with myself and like letting them know that everything's okay and like, you know, everything's going to be okay. And I got like, my whole life ahead of me. It's just that I'm the one that's bringing myself down because I'm letting it happen when I can like turn the sadness into happiness. Mm. It's just something like that. So maybe, uh, we should not necessarily judge people on the playlist, but, um, see how their moods are from Mm -hmm. what genre of music they mostly play, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. generally, you know, heavy heavy metal 
people who listen to heavy metal a whole bunch, you would assume that they're uh, a little more aggressive than the normal person, right? Yeah, but they're really not. They're actually like the most nicest people you could ever meet. They're, oh, like, for really sure. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like when they, and then like when you see them, like if you ever take them to like an actual concert, like if you go see like Metallica or some shit like that. They will, they will fucking like turn into a different person. Like they will rage out. Like so they maybe, will rage out. Maybe that's the person they don't let you see. Yeah, but I think like you know, like you like taking them or them inviting you to this concert. They are comfortable with you to see them like in their natural light. I guess. Mm-hmm. Even though, like you know, like. In a sense, like, you going to a concert and acting, like, all wild and crazy is fucking, like, probably something you wouldn't do in public. It's just, like, something, like, you would, like, you know, it's just, like, something you want out, you know? Right. I'd I'd feel honored if someone, uh, you know, that I knew for a while did that, just trusting me to be themselves around me. Yeah. But um, what what I'm saying is, like, let's say your friend typically listens to country music. Mm Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they start listening to a lot of uh, sad rap music and such. Maybe it's a good thing to like check in on them. Yeah, yeah. I would say it'd be like, hey, like, like I wouldn't be like, yo, bro, you good? I'd be like, yo, man, what's going on? Like, what's happening? Like, what's new? Like, what's going on? And stuff like that. And it's just like, you know, like, just like the little things. But I feel like you should always check on like your friends and stuff like that. Absolutely, I'm. I'm just saying, like, uh, if you're having a hard time mm-hmm. uh, really noticing any differences in people, if that's something that sticks out to you, then definitely go check on them. Yeah, definitely. Especially if it's like something big. Mm-hmm. Like, a significant you know? change in music. Yeah. Or, like, a significant change in, like, fucking anything. Mm-hmm. Like, any, like, personal changes, stuff like that. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be about music, but, like, if they seem, like, more aggressive or, like, fucking, like, more, like, to themselves, you should be like, hey, like, what's going on, man? But for, you know, for some people, they hide it incredibly well. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's just a minute difference that you being a close friend notice. Yeah. And it's, like, for me, like, personally, who didn't, like, necessarily tell anybody about my depression or, -hmm. like, my sadness or whatever, my advice is to let somebody know. Anybody. It could be, like, some fucking random guy on the street and just be like, hey, man, not doing so good. Like, I'm just, like, fucking, like, you know, I'm all up in my head, and I'm just, like, thinking so much. Like, like not going to lie, that's what I did today. I did that today. Like, when I went over to my girlfriend's house, I was just, like, like, she just knows. She'll just know, like, she just saw me, and she's like, what's wrong? And I just, like, fucking, I was just like, I don't know. Like, I'm just in my head, and I'm just, like, thinking too much and stuff like that. And we talked about it, and she, like, reassured me and stuff like that. She, like, like made me feel comfortable and stuff like that. And I was like, okay. That's got to be nice. I'm good. Yeah, it's really nice. But it doesn't have to be, like, 
uh, girlfriend or like anything. It could be like your parents, your fucking friends. It could be your pet. Like, mm-hmm. sure, like he's not gonna talk to you, but like, at least you're like letting it out instead of like letting it like roam around in your head. Well, I mean, earlier, um, you were able to notice that something was off with me. You, uh, you asked if my vibe was off when you texted me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually, it, it kind of was. It's not been a great day. And I think it's interesting that you were able to d- depict that just by my wording and my text messages. Yeah, sometimes it's like, sometimes it's really easy to like tell a person's mood, but like through text message, like it's, it could be like really hard because like, you know, you could read like the entire thing like completely wrong. That's why like, you know, like if you're going to have an argument with a person or like a debate with the person, you should like talk to them face to face instead of like texting them because then like the words get mixed around and then fucking like it gets read in a different way than you meant it. And then it's just like, it turns into something worse or it turns into something better. Like something that you didn't want, something that you did want. It's like a fucking like 50, 50 chance. And like, I don't know. Like I've been getting like a lot better at that. Like just being able to like feel like the room and just be like, something isn't right. Like something is wrong. And stuff like that. And it's like... It's just like... Uh, it's just like me personally. It's like I uh, I care about everyone that I interact with. And it's just like... You know, I would rather people be happy... Than people have to deal with any kind of sadness. Oh, absolutely. Whether it's like, you know, like losing a family member... Losing a pet. Having a bad day. Just... Whatever it is, it's just like, you know, like, it's all just, like, the way of life and stuff like that. Like, like, um... Sure, but that doesn't mean you have to suffer alone. Yeah, that doesn't mean that, you know, you don't have to, like, keep it inside and, like, fucking, like... You don't have to be afraid to, like, let people know that you're not feeling great. It's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather you be... 100% real with me than like faking your emotions just to keep me just to like make me feel comfortable right in a sense like you know like like if I'm being sad and I sound like an idiot tell me that I sound like an idiot and just be like <laughs> bro that's not how it is like that's not what's going on that's not what's happening like it just needs a like like, if you're going to, like, be there for somebody, whether it's a friend, a boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, you should be there for them, no matter what they're going through. Because it's that little, like, it's like that, it's just like that little fucking, like, nudge, or, like, you looking at them in a certain way, and just, like, you listening to them rant, whatever about anything is all it takes hell it can be you know indirect as well wouldn't you say like have you ever had a scenario where you've had a rough day but then like somebody takes you on a car ride and you just start jamming out to music and just having a good time yeah that's it that's enough to completely like change everything 
Yeah, and that that also works too. Yeah, I would say that too. Like Hell, everything, I, like everything can work as long as you're doing it with the right people. Mm-hmm. Because I think, like you could you could do the exact same thing with like another person, and you're just like, like you're looking out the window, just like, what the fuck am I doing here? Why am I here? I think some of the greatest uh, surprises I've ever experienced is when I get a text message from somebody I haven't talked to in a few months, you know, like that unexpected mm-hmm. text message or just checking in on you is one of the greatest feelings you can get during the day, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if it's like someone that you've been friends with for like X amount of years and you're just like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot about this guy's existence, but it's so cool <laughs> that he fucking came out of his way to fucking text me or that he still has my number or she still has my number and stuff like that. Just knowing that somebody's thinking of you is nice. Yeah. And it's like nice for anybody. And that I think like, like there's not one person that's just like, Ugh. like, ah, this guy keeps asking me like how my day was. Like, first of all, <laughs> If you if you ever like think like that, why? Just why? If you ever annoyed by your friend uh, asking if you're okay, you know, you just gotta understand that they're probably just worried about you. Yeah, and I know there's these people out there that are like that. Like when people ask if they're okay. I get that it can be annoying sometimes, but, like, don't let it be annoying. Don't see it as a nuisance. Yeah. It's fucking... They're just, like, you know, they care about you. They care about you so much to the point that they will annoy you. (laughs) They'll go out of your way to get an answer. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, they'll fucking do anything for you. And that's, like, the best part. The fucking... The fake friends are the ones that don't care. That you know that, like... That you'll... That anything that you say, they don't give a shit about. That's, that's like, the suckiest part. And, like, sometimes people are, like, blind to, like... Those kinds of people that, like, absolutely... Do not care about them whatsoever. Mm. Yeah. Fake friends are the worst. They, they hurt, uh, but friend, I feel like friends are the people that hurt the most, you know, mm-hmm. when something happens to you. Yeah. Like, I remember... I remember with my ex-girlfriend, I thought there was, like, a really high chance that we were going to get back together in the middle of the summer. I spent all day with her, and then, like, we kissed in the end end and stuff like that. And she was like, you know, we're still just friends, right? And I was, and, like, I was just, like, in denial because, like, you know, like. Punch the gut there. Yeah, kind of like a punch to the gut. But, like, I was, like, in denial because, like, for one, she kissed me first. It's not like I kissed her and, like, reread, like, read the situation wrong. It was that she kissed me and then I kissed her and then we both 
leaned in and kissed each other. Mm. And then it was just, that's it. And then, like, it sucked that, like, I, because I was with Jalen at the time. And it sucked that, like, when Jalen came back from work and wanted to hang out and stuff like that, that I couldn't tell him that what happened and I just fucking left. Mm. And I was just like, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go home. Or, like, I didn't even think I even told him. I think I just left. And then, like, halfway home, he called me. He was like, hey, bro, where the fuck you at? And I was like, oh, I'm walking home. And then he was like, what the fuck? He's like, why? He's like, you should have told me something. He's like, I would have dropped you off. I was like, nah, bro, it's good. And then fucking, I just went home. I stayed up all night. Just fucking thinking. Just lost in thought. Yeah. That was the worst nights. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Mm. All right. That's my fucking... I totally forgot what the question was, but we got deep into that. Well, um, that was pretty deep. I don't mean to veer uh, off topic. But I wanted to give you this hypothetical that I, um, I'm i really excited to hear your answer for. All right. It's if everyone in the world all of a sudden became deaf, all of a sudden, right? And we lose the ability to listen to music. Um, do you think music would disappear forever? Hmm. I don't know. Or do you think that we would find some alternative to enjoying it other than hearing it? I think we would find some, like, alternative way in, like, doing it. Probably, like, I mean, like, with, like, the technology we have, we could probably fix everyone's fucking hearing at some point. Sure, but I'm just saying, like, we all of a sudden lose that sense of Uh hearing. Um, Would we be able to enjoy it uh we'd obviously not be able to enjoy it the same way but would we still be able to enjoy it mm-hmm. i think so i think we would all find a way to enjoy it 100 percent, without a doubt do you do you uh do you have an opinion on how you would think you would enjoy it if you couldn't listen to it i would like to like to feel the vibrations of the music like Stuff just like kind of get kind of get close to a speaker and just kind of hear the feel the beats in your chest. Mm-hmm. Maybe read like, the lyrics along with yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. So it wouldn't disappear do. forever. I mean, I I think it's pretty certain that uh, music is embedded within cultures at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't think we could ever lose music, even if we lose our hearing. We would just adapt to it. I think we would just find a way. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, if... Because, like, without the music, we would lose, like... Losing hearing, we lose, like, pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. We lose, like, ever, like, talking to another person, watching a movie, listening to a podcast, fucking anything. But I feel like with, with those, you know, you you have um, subtitles and stuff. Yeah, you got but, subtitles and stuff like that, but it's not going to be the same. 
mm-hmm. as like hearing the voices and stuff like that. Or like hearing someone say that like I love you or like how you doing? Like you can read their lips or you can read like sign language and stuff like that, but like it's not the same. Especially if you weren't born with it. Like yeah. if you knew knew uh, of it before and then it was taken away from you. Yeah. I feel like for the for people like that it would be like fucking 20 times awful. But I think what would be interesting is like uh, watching a movie. You know. Um, It'd be like the silent well, film days. With mm-hmm. like Charlie Chaplin and shit like that. Well. Even like. Nowadays it seems like cinematography. Relies on sound design. A lot more than it used to. Like. Um, let's say you had your hearing. But mm-hmm. you watched Avengers Endgame, but there was no music. It was only dialogue and sound effects, no music. How Dude, different do you think it would feel? I think it would be different as fuck. Because, like, that's what, like, in my opinion, music scores, like, help shape the movie to what it is. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, like, when they, um, like, those videos of, like, when uh, they remove the, uh, laughing track of like friends or like that 70s show and stuff like that and it's just Mm -hmm. like awkward as fuck (laughs) yeah that's exactly what it would be like it would just be like because there are moments in movies where like it's solely like score and stuff like that well like uh i guess halloween movies are a good example of that i mean if you had just michael myers standing uh in a field with no silence i don't think it'd have the same effect as his you know score mm-hmm. that's always associated with it i mean if you hear somebody playing it you know it's it's michael myers yeah you know it's a halloween movie just because of the fucking theme song or like just like the tone of like how the song is you're just like is this from halloween you're just like yeah and like and, like, I agree with that. But, like, um, for some things, I feel like the silence is just that. Like, you know, the silence, like, in a sense, intensi- would, like, intensify a horror movie. Instead sure, of like, being, like, the fucking, like, the scores or whatever. Like, like for example, like, like, when you were saying, like, how Michael was, like, standing in the, in the backyard looking up at Lori and stuff like that. Like, can you imagine, like, instead of, like, the theme song, it was just... It was just heavy breathing. It was just silence. <laughs> it was just the shape and Lori. Like, in a sense, it'd feel like, you know, that, like... Like, maybe the shape isn't staring at Lori. The shape is staring at you through the screen. hmm And, like... And then, like, that sense is, like kind of scary i guess like you know like the silence can be scary and like in some ways like the silence can like intensify a scene and can like endure a scene but sometimes like you know you gotta time it or else it's just gonna be fucking stupid right i think it i think it works best in suspenseful moments for sure definitely where there's there's no noise at all and you're just you're waiting for something to happen or yeah yeah i guess that would be um you know, in westerns, when they have the, you know, old-fashioned gun showdown, 
some mm-hmm. some of them have the scores with the harmonica and stuff, but uh, you'll find occasionally it'll just be like silence with maybe wind mm-hmm. in it. And if well done, it seems to uh, amplify the intensity. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about implementation, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. What, um, what uh, movie do you think has the best scores in it? That is a fucking question. From it either being iconic or just working very well to uh, portray the mood. Um, let me think. Hmm. You know, okay. Okay, so I've been recently watching Jurassic Park. Like, <laughs> uh, so, like, and then, like, dude, like, the, the melody of, like, when, like, homeboy, like, sees the fucking dinosaur for the first time in the first Jurassic Park mm-hmm. movie. And it's like, you know, like that little like suspense is like, <gasps> what is he seeing? Like, what is he looking and at? And then when it revealed the orchestra. And then when, and then when they reveal you know. the giant dinosaur, like the John Williams score of like them like playing it. It's just like the. It's just like fucking like, just like, wow. Like, holy fucking shit. It's the iconic line. Like, you know, welcome to Jurassic Park. And it's just like. And then you see, like, the whole entire, like, herd of dinosaurs and shit like that. And it's just like, wow. Like, what a fucking scene. And it's the same thing with, like, fucking uh, Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, uh, at the end, with uh, with all the superheroes coming back from uh, the snap. And they're coming through all the portals and everything. It's just, like, the silence. And then it's, like... And then the drums like, kick in, and, and then, then the like trumpets. The, and... Yeah, it's like the slow music of like it, like brings comfort in a sense, and also like joy because you get to see these heroes that you've grown up with your entire life who died, who are coming back to join the fight, even though like you know they just got snapped back, like they're still here to fight, and they're still here on your side. And it's just, like, that, like, reunion that, like, and, like, the score, like, really brings it to its true glory and stuff like that. And, like, without, like, that, in, like, my, in, like, my opinion, without, like, that score there, if, like, they were to use something else, it would have not been the same. Mm-hmm. I think, sure, there was a lot of, like, plot points to, like, in game. There was, like, a lot of plot holds, a lot of, like, fucking, like, shit like it's hard to cap off 11 years of writing you know yeah it's really hard to do that but like in my opinion avengers endgame is like probably one of the best movies i've ever seen in my entire life it will forever like be a memory in my brain you'll be telling your kids about it yes dude like it will be like and, like, I've said this to, like, fucking everyone. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to be the Star Wars to our kids to how Star Wars was to us. Oh, yeah. 
Because I remember going up to my dad and be like, do you remember watching this movie when you were a kid? And he was like, oh, yeah. So, are you kidding me? He's like, I waited in line to see this fucking movie. And we would talk about it and everything. And like his and now reaction. We're, now we're everything. like, we bought tickets uh, early. Or we, we binge we watched all two, the movies before. Yeah, yeah, we watched like all fucking 23 movies to watch this one epic movie. And fucking, it was well worth it. It was so worth it, dude. I hope I hope we get another movie like that, dude. Honestly, in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And like this past like eleven years that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been around is really great. I'm really grateful, and I really and I really hope a great successful career for the Marvel Cinematic Universe moving forward from these characters. Because, like, they got a lot of big shoes to fill because they nailed it so perfectly. With, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, with Chris Evans, Downey, Scarlett Johansson, Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Jeremy Renner. Just, like, those fucking six characters started off and made this great, magnificent story. Mm-hmm. And sure. I wouldn't have had it any other way. But that way. That's that's what I'm kind of worried about is I feel like now I'm going to judge everything in comparison to those. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to hard to do that, you know, because they might be going for something completely different. Yeah. We always be like, it's not as good as the original or it's, you know. Yeah, it's not going to be like people are definitely going to be like, yeah, it's not as good as the early work. But I feel like in a sense, like you shouldn't think of it like as comparing because like when we saw like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe when it started up to like phase the ending of Phase Three, which was Spider-Man: Far From Home. We always went with every movie, just like, what is this going to be about? What is this going to be about? And how does this rely to the story and stuff like that? Like you're looking for the Easter eggs, you're looking for the hints and stuff like that. I think that's what we should still do. We shouldn't be like, well, what this has nothing to do with like like what happened in the beginning and stuff like that well it's because like in the beginning of the marvel cinematic universe they had a sense of direction on where they were going Mm -hmm. you know maybe not like straight away with the first iron man but like after the success of the first iron man they were probably like okay now let's get to the storyboard how can we make these characters connected and how can we make it work in like an epic way and then it eventually led to like Hulk and stuff like that. And I think they can definitely do it. I think they can like a hundred percent do it. Well, they pulled it off the first time. Yeah, know? they pulled it off the first time. But like you know, like like people say, like sequels are like the hardest things to make. Well, to there's a lot of pressure original because you gotta deliver like just enough of the the original content that you had but also make it a million times better so it over succeeds that like we could go into like black widow like i consider like black widow still a part of phase three because it takes place in between phase three and like the internals and then like shang chi and like the legend of the nine rings i feel like those would be a great start to fucking phase four Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, they are new characters and they are something that we have not explored yet. And then we got stuff like 
Doctor Strange 2, a familiar face. We got Spider-Man. We got Thor coming back. We got Guardians of the Galaxy 3. We got Captain Marvel 2 in the makings. But we also got, like, the characters that we've all waited for. We got the Fantastic Four. We got the X-Men. We got everyone, pretty much, in the Marvel Universe ready to go to have their own movies or TV shows. And we just got to, like, go in and, like, be like, I can't wait to see what they do next. And not be like, how are they going to beat the original trilogy of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I think a lot of people forget that... um... There are so many different writers throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know? Yeah. It's not just Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. There's a fucking lot of people. There's fucking a lot of talented people going in there. Absolutely. And a lot of different visions and how they execute things and how they portray things. Yes, sir. I mean, a good example is watching Thor 1 and then watching Thor Ragnarok. Yes. You know, very different mm-hmm. directions. Very different directions. And Thor Ragnarok almost wasn't a movie. It was it was going to be a scrap. Because they saw like of the lack of success that Thor one and two had compared to the other Marvel movies. Because the Thor movies, let's be honest with ourselves, they weren't that good because they tried to go into the direction of like Thor being like serious, like a serious mm-hmm. Thor. And people they were, didn't like it. They were definitely the uh, less memorable. Mm-hmm. Like I love Thor 2. I love Thor 2. I thought it was a really good movie. And like you learn about the reality stone and then you get the hint of the Guardians of the Galaxy because you see the collector in there. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you're just like, holy shit. And then they mention the Infinity Stones. And you're just like, holy shit. Like, it's coming. Because, like, at the end of fucking The Avengers, you got to see Thanos for the first time. And you're just like, oh, my fucking God, it's Thanos. And then now you got the Tesseract is the Space Stone. You learn that. And then you learn that the Reality Stone's there now. And it's just like, holy shit. Like, we got two stones, man. And then Guardians came out, and you got the third stone, and then Doctor Strange, and then Avengers 2, and then it's just like, dude, that's five of the fucking Infinity Stones right there. Like, this shit is coming, and this shit's coming quick. And, like, we have no idea what's in store here. And we honestly didn't. We didn't know what was going to happen. I don't and- think we could ever recreate the emotion of realizing that it wasn't just Easter eggs anymore. It all amounted to to, uh, to the Infinity story. War and then Endgame. You know, seeing those trailers was just a mind-blowing experience and it blew up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Dude, I remember the day the Infinity War trailer dropped. I fucking lost it. I fucking... And then, like, me looking back and rewatching like, the trailer for Infinity War and Endgame, it almost brings me to tears mm-hmm. to, like, see it because, like, of, like, what, like, amazing movies they were. Like, I came out of Infinity War just, like, I don't believe that happened. That didn't happen. There's no way that actually happened. Like, I've never been in shock from watching a movie until that moment.
and like I was just like, there's no fucking way. I was lucky enough to see the leaked trailer where Thor was with the Guardians of the Galaxy like oh, months yeah. ahead of the actual trailer. Mm-hmm. Like fucking at the Disney Expo? Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I saw the trailer for the Disney Expo and I'm telling you, like, that trailer was, uh, like, so dark and shit like that. Like, that shit was fucking scary to watch. Like, you're seeing, like, fucking Thor. It looked like Thor was gonna die. Like, mm-hmm. like Thor was gonna be the one to die in the beginning of Infinity War and shit like that. And then it's just, like, all dark and gritty and shit like that. And I'm just I mean, like, Josh Brolin plays an excellent villain. Dude, Josh Great Brolin guy, but nailed that. Does an excellent intimidation it. factor. Yeah, I feel like he nailed it. He definitely nailed that role. That's the thing that I love about Marvel Studios is that they really nail the roles on all the characters. Like, especially, like, with the Netflix series. They definitely nailed the roles for Daredevil, Luke Cage, and, like, Jessica Jones and fucking Iron Fist, in my mm-hmm. opinion. You never I you... think that... It, they nail it so good that you just like can't imagine another actor in their place. You exactly. Know? Like, you just uh, somebody asked me the other day, like, who do you think could replace Iron Man? And I was just like, nobody. No one can replace Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> like, you can replace um, you can replace Batman all day. Yeah, anyone have. can be Batman. I mean, like, it's been proven. Like, fucking Michael Keaton played Batman at one point. George Clooney played Batman. That one guy from Batman fucking forever. I don't fucking know his name. Fucking Christian Bale. And now we got Robert Pattinson playing Batman. Mm-hmm. It's like, who would have known the fucking guy from Twilight is fucking Batman? I would have never guessed it. Or like, who would have fucking known that like fucking like some like British guy is playing Spider-Man now? And Tom Holland is a really good Spider-Man. I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. He nails it. He brings this energy to the role yeah he brings like a kid like fucking like aspect to the role and i love that it was it's definitely nice uh you know transitioning from like andrew garfield being very dark and serious to a more lighter uh playful uh spider-man mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong i thought andrew garfield was a pretty okay spider-man no he did he did a good job he did a really good job and like, and I felt so bad for him because like, after they made that deal with Marvel Studios, they totally just kicked him to the curb. Mm-hmm. And there was like a third Amazing Spider-Man movie gonna come out. And like, like they were telling him like, yeah, man, they're like, yeah, we're gonna make like two more movies. And he's like, oh shit, and he was excited. And then they fucking just fired him right there. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad for that guy. But I think out of the three Spider-Men that we've ever seen play, I think I can say this. Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland are probably the most successful Spider-Man actors out of all three of them. You're not a fan of Tobey Maguire? No, like, I mean, like, the careers, like, other than Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Because, like, Tobey Maguire, you see Tobey Maguire, and I see Spider-Man when I see Tobey Maguire. And literally, 
after Spider-Man 3, I've only seen that boy in one other movie. And that was The Great Gatsby, and that was it. I've never seen him in another movie after that. Well, uh, you're missing one. What's one? Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna make you guess. We reference the movie all the time. Is it that army movie? No. Got a white Cadillac oh, with the top. Yeah. Yeah, but Fear and Loathing came out like before fucking Spider Man. Sure. So I'm you're talking, talking about like, like after. Yeah, I'm talking about like okay. after the career of Spider Man. Because fucking legit, I've never seen Tobey Maguire in any other movie besides fucking Spider Man and Fear and Loathing and Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. And like that's like five movies I can name Tobey Maguire and I can name like at least like maybe a few bit more the fucking um that Andrew Garfield is in like he was in Hacksaw Ridge. He that was, was an excellent movie. Yeah, it was a really good movie. He, you know, I can't even think of anything. <laughs> I'm sure once you like look into yeah, it, you're but like, like, oh yeah, you that movie. Compare the that careers movie. between all three Spider-Man. Definitely Holland and Garfield were definitely the most successful out of the t- out of the three. Mm-hmm. Maybe Garfield's more successful out of fucking Holland, because I think Garfield's done a whole lot more movies after his Spider-Man career than fucking Tom Holland, and Tom Holland's well, still in the Spider-Man career. Yeah, exactly. So you can't really yeah. judge that right now. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it's just like, would you know these characters if they weren't in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Or Probably in not. any Marvel thing. Like, those guys have become, like, in a sense, like, household names because of Marvel and the characters that they played. Totally agree with you. Yes, sir. We are at 80 minutes right now in our recording. Probably not the edited version, but as of right now, we're at 80 minutes of being in this call. Um, Is there anything you'd like to add? Because I'm out of questions. Um, Or anything you want to ask? No, I think think I'm good. I think we covered a lot of good ground today. Mm Mm-hmm. I I had an excellent time, Joseph. Thank I learned you. a lot about the Beatles today. Thank you. And your and your opinions about music, I thought they were uh, very inspirational. Thank you. Very deep. Um, is there? So there's nothing you'd like to add. Um, would you like to plug in anything of yours? Social media, um, podcast. Um, well, you can check out my podcast. Me and Jalen have a podcast called the Deep Thoughts Podcast with Jalen and Joseph. And I think it's really good. I think, um, you know, we cover some like topics, I guess. Topics is the words. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we, I think we're more like explicit. I think we like talk about like a lot more like. Yeah, you're not you, like you guys like seem to be uh, broader. Yeah, but like we're like more like like broader. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, you can check out my podcast on Spotify. It's a deep dive podcast with Jalen and Joseph. 
Um, I would plug social media, but I'm not very a social media person. I think the last time I posted on my Instagram was maybe like months ago. <laughs> and it's just like, and it's like I'll post like every couple of months, and on my Snapchat I'll post like every now and then. So I don't know what to tell you. You can follow me on Instagram though. Well, if that's uh, that's all you got, I think we're going to end it here. Thank you for coming. I had a great time. Thank you for making the time tonight. I know it's a bit late. You're probably pretty tired. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely tired. But, you know, <laughs> like, I fucking really wanted to be on this podcast. And actually, Quincy. Actually. I have another person that wants to be on the podcast. Who's that? My girlfriend wants to be on the podcast. Oh, cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, she's welcome to. Yes, um, we'll just get together and we'll talk about when and what she wants to discuss. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If that's all you got, then we'll end it here. Thank you for coming. Uh, had you, a, I had a great time and thank you all for listening. Catch you on the flip side. Catch you guys later. I believe it is time to begin the outro. I guess you're right. Do you mind starting the outro for me? All right, starting outro now.